Hello, everybody, and thanks so much for tuning in to the I Brew My Own Coffee podcast. We are the podcast for people who care about coffee. This is episode 51. I'm your host, Brian Sheely, and joining me today, as always, is my good friend. He's my co-host. He is the winner of the 2016 Sprudgy Awards for the best podcast. Mr. Brian Bikey. Hey, wait, that's me? Hello, Brian. Hey, I think that's also you. Crazy town, though. It is. Well, hey, Crazy real quick, town. welcome to 2017 also, right? Yeah, right. It's a new, first, new year. First podcast of the year. That's right. Uh, it's crazy. I, I I did not expect it, and I was at work, and all of a sudden I just get this text in all caps that said, DUDE, from Brian, with an exclamation point. Yeah, it was, <laughs> well, I was I was freaking out at the phone, too. I forget, I was at the, the cupping lab. I was going through some coffees. Um and then I just see a tweet from Frank Spin, our friend, and he, it, you were tagged on oh, it, yeah, and yeah, I yeah. was, and Michelle Johnson was, and it just said, "Congrats!" And I went, hey, "Wait, wait, but it that would it was put for um uh uh," and then I checked the website. Well, thanks everybody for for uh, you know your support and for voting for us, and you know it was crazy. I honestly I did not expect that we would pull out the top spot, um, you know, especially considering how many really solid shows we were nominated alongside and so um yeah just thanks to all the listeners for for voting for us and for following along and uh you know what speaking of the sprudgies we have with us on the show um also nominated for a sprudgie for the category of best new product we have the folks from third wave water we've got taylor miner and Charles Nick. Welcome to the show, guys. Hello, hello. Hi, thanks for having us. Yes, thank you. Hi. Yeah, super cool. I, it's uh, How long have you guys been around? I know we'll get into talking more about you know you guys, but how long have you guys actually been on the market now for you to be nominated for a Sprudgy? Well, it's been a while. It was October 25th, 2016 we launched. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, oh yeah, super literally... Literally yeah, <laughs> dozens of days. Yeah, we'll get into we'll get into some of the ways that you guys started out, but I mean, it's super cool just just how long you guys have been around to, you know, have nabbed a nomination for for a big award like that. So super cool. Um, so thanks for being on the show with us. It's going to be cool. We're we Brian and I have been uh, talking about talking about water for a very long time, and uh, it seems fitting that we can finally talk to some people who actually know about water and. Uh, can under can explain hopefully to us lay people about you know brewing with s- certain kinds of water and all that so we'll get into that but before we start we're going to start out like we always do um can we put you guys on the spot and ask you guys what you've been brewing charles sure you want to start out yeah um so pretty much uh la loma from one line coffee uh costa rica absolutely fantastic do you usually brew on like the v60 or what do you guys brew on usually uh, usually V60 or Chemex. Nice. Yeah. So what I, I feel kind of bad, I, I own a roastery and a cafe. So, <laughs> you know, I usually drink my own and I always like to say I'm, I'm usually drinking if I don't have to make it or pay for it, I'll drink it. Um, typically. So it's nice in the morning having my baristas make me coffee, but, uh, yeah. um, so I, I've been digging our Kenya, uh, Windbrush. Um, it's a nice little micro lot. Has it's kind of a medium roast. Has some some citrusy, but also has this nice like tobaccoy aftertaste. So not too light like uh, Ethiopian, but just it has this really nice like you know after smoking like a light cigar that kind of 
mouthfeel that you get. Um, it's kind of pleasant. Uh, which shop is that? Just uh, just to it's, give everybody that's a... uh, Telemetry Coffee Roasters. And you're out of Cedarville, Ohio. It's formerly Stony Creek Roasters. We changed our name in April. Oh, but dozens of more weeks. That's right. So we've been okay. there for uh, uh, almost n- nine years. That's awesome, Brian. I I imagine you've got a good one lined up. Yeah, and this one uh, just had a couple hours before us recording, but was at the shop, and uh, my friend Jewel brought in a bag of Tandem Coffee's Aricha Natural that she got in Misto Box, and we brewed that up there for the end of the day, and it's another one of those delicious Ethiopian coffees with that blueberry, blackberry thing going on, and just... I, it's been a while since I've had um, one with really nice clarity. Uh, I mean, we've there's been some good ones that came out, you know, in 2016, but super flavorful. I'm excited to steal some more of that. So that's steal steal, steal some more of that. Share share right? some more of that. Um, have you heard of Penrose? Because these guys are new. Heard of maybe? I don't. Yeah. So they they're they're super new. Um, actually. The guy who's working there is, um, you know, one of the folks who was who was at Middle State for quite a while. Um, anyway, so he started at Penrose, and I recently got one of their Colombians, the Alto de la Cruz. Um, just a really balanced cup. It's got a lot of brightness. Sort of almost reads like Kenya-y in that sort of like grapefruity-ness that it has, um, but then has a little bit of sort of spicy quality, uh, finishes off with like dark chocolate, you know, just really, really balanced. A lot of, a lot of highs, a lot of lows. Um, big fan of that on the V60 recently. And I like the branding too. Cause they're like, if you, if you've ever seen like a minimal bag that has like almost like no, you know, extraneous design to it, that's their bag. Anyway. Um, yeah, we're going to get started talking about third wave water and, uh, we'd love to hear from you guys. Um, what what got you into coffee like before we actually get talking about third wave water and and all the other stuff that that you guys are into um what got both of you started in coffee yeah so i'll start off here my parents had started a coffee shop in the late 90s so the uh in cedarville actually and we were trained by uh don dean of um uh, boston stoker uh, taught us how to make uh, coffee, specialty coffee, 90s specialty coffee on our ranchillo. So uh, I grew up in junior high making, you know, working for free in their store and vowed never to do it again. And uh, <laughs> here I am now. It pulled you back. That's right. Every time I get out, it keeps pulling me back in. Yeah, my background is actually in uh, aviation. I was a reliability engineer for uh, NASA about five years in Houston, Texas. And when I moved from Houston back to Dayton, Ohio, uh, one of the just kind of strange happenings of moving back to the area, because I was originally from Dayton prior, and it's so easy to get around here. There's no traffic. And in Houston, you stay in your own little bubble for the most part. You might go downtown every now and again, but Clear Lake area is where I, where I was kind of staying and hanging out most of the time. And we didn't have that many great coffee shops. Um, I really didn't love coffee at that point. I enjoyed it. But coming to Dayton, I ended up, since Dayton's so easy to get around, I was driving from shop to shop and uh, telemetry. And back then it was Stony Creek was one of them in Cedarville. Um, 
a lot of the different shops around town and then I start kind of asking the right questions. My, I, I really enjoy craft beer. So you're asking, you're trying to ask the right questions so you can repeat the experience for brew method and who cares about a light medium, whatever roast. And, and the baristas really kind of walked my, uh, took my hands and kind of walked my, walked me through it. And once I kind of discovered great coffee, that was, I was sold and I, I couldn't look back. Yeah. And so, uh, uh, off of that, um, my path that kind of led to, you know, after, you know, working in it growing up after high school, I actually joined the Marine Corps and uh, was a machine gunner in Iraq in 2004. So, uh, and then came back and got married, started having kids and a family. And we thought, hey, let's open a coffee shop. And uh, having been in the business before, we knew that we uh, really wanted the roast. So had bought a used Ambex off Craigslist in 2000 and eight and um yeah started uh stony creek roasters now telemetry and so yeah i've been roasting and having a cafe for uh eight going on nine years and uh yeah i have you know being a cafe owner you kind of end up being a jack of all trades and you get good at a little bit of everything from unclogging toilets to um (laughs) rebuilding roasters fixing ice makers um, and, uh, so I, I, the, I've always been kind of a, a nerd and a tinkerer. Um, and so that path kind of led, you know, me down just kind of, of being a, a self-taught expert on quote unquote expert on multiple things. So having a shop for all this time, I imagine you've had your share of people coming in asking to, to bottle up water or they come in with a gallon jug or something, right. To take it back to, to to brew at home because probably something about your water tastes a little bit better than yeah, so, than what they're using at home sometimes. Well, it does now. So a lot of, you know, our own personal coffee journeys, we look back to what we did and we're like aghast, like, oh, I can't believe I did that. Right. right. So, <laughs> and, and, and that's everybody's learning experience. So when we started off, you know, the most important thing was waking up and opening the store. I know the first year I worked 110 hours a week. And, you know, water quality was, was a luxury to worry about. Um, but where, where I'm from, we have like 400 parts per million calcium, 26 grains of hardness. So everybody softens their water. So when I really started getting into thinking about water, you know, it was, it was uh, daunting to say the least just because of how bad our, uh, our water was. And you can't honestly for, afford a lot of the equipment that is out there. So they may make these, you know, really awesome um, you know, water filtration systems, but when they end up costing you more than your espresso machine did, um, and you got to do things like meet payroll, it really, uh, is kind of, um, not practical. So I ended up started reading books on, uh, industrial reverse osmosis systems. I was at the, uh, uh, symposium, uh, now Rico a few years ago. And I remember, uh, Maxwell was given a talk on water and, uh, uh, you're talking about the, the, the paper that him and um, Chris wrote on basically the, the effects of the modulating of calcium mag- and magnesium and how it affects the, the taste. Um, so that was really when I started thinking about, okay, um, you know, and you, you have things stew in your mind for time and then you kind of go on tan, you know, tears and act on them. So um, I had built a, you know, from my shop went from, you know, just softener to, you know, having, uh, you know, never pure, 
you know, four barrel submicron carbon filter to now I have a, um, variable TDS RO system that I built kind of custom. So because the water's so hard, I have to half soften it. I then take it and run it through the RO system. I built my own bypass valve. I blend back in and then have a kind of inline TDS meter. It then goes to two 20 gallon storage tanks. Then I have another carbon filter that takes out taste. And then I have these three quarter inch lines that go up to our cold brew filling station because we have a, a 30 gallon tank. And then one goes to our coffee equipment. But when I did that, I had such a dramatic change in taste. I mean, honestly, I got complaints at first just because coffee is so um, uh, habit forming and, and we all get in our ruts and what we like. And when somebody changes it, it doesn't matter if they give you something nice, right? You're still like, oh, I got to, you know, you just gave me a, a scratch off for a million dollars. Now I got to take it all the way up to the gas station to claim it. Like, so, uh, you know, we, we really had to kind of, you know, figure out, okay, our, you know, and, and that was a fear of mine. Our water at the cafe is so different than people's at home. And coffee is so much like a nature nurture kind of thing. And, and I, I, I knew that if you take a, uh, a coffee uh, that was roasted in Seattle and bring it to Ohio, right? It would taste terrible and, and vice versa because, you know, really we had end up uh, finding flavors to fit our customers, but our customers are brewing on this super hard water, super hard water that has softened uh, water with iron in it. And so you really, you stay away from lighter roasts. Um, but yeah, so, so after that, I, I you know, gave customers the option of taking some of my water home. Uh, I had even thought about putting in like a station, right? Where people could just come in and fill up jugs. Um, just because if you're all going to shock them like that, at least you can say, Oh, okay. You just take some of this water home. It'll make it taste better. So I will, I will throw a link in the show notes, but uh daily coffee news um, recently did uh, a little post about you guys and uh, near the bottom of their post, they actually have a, a picture of, you know, your setup that you have, um, in the shop, which, which is, I'm assuming is your, your setup in the shop. Yeah. So I, when I built it, I, I was thinking, man, I'm going to put this in a basement and no one will see it. So I, instead I decided to put it up front in the lab where people can see it and the pipes go up the walls and, and down to the equipment. And, and really it's, it's hard to miss. So it, it's a conversation, uh, piece, um, and kind of, it kind of sets the tone of the shop. So that's, large scale picture some so getting into again to the topic so for anyone who who jumped into this a lot of people who are on who listen to the cast that they, they see the topic and they probably know what we're talking about with third wave water others they they probably see that topic and they don't really know what we're talking about but um so to kind of, to kind of bridge the gap a little bit you, you two are here with um with a with a business and with a product that is called third wave water. So if you don't mind, just to kind of get into this, so then and then we'll continue on. Let's talk a bit about what third wave water is in light of what we just talked about. So third wave water, as far as the capsules themselves, it's really just the way to provide the easiest con at least the way I kind of see it from my perspective is the easiest way to get consistent water for your coffee. I, I travel a lot and, and that was one of my first use cases for, for using the caps for the capsule when Taylor gave it to me as a test. And I'm, I'm traveling around the country. I go to DC and Kansas and California and the same issue, just like Taylor already mentioned, you know, you, you try it in all these different locations and the coffee or the water is all different. 
And if you get used to the coffee in one area and you visit it, it's just that consistency issue is your problem. So it's really just the kind of giving you a baseline for having excellent coffee water. And honestly, if, if you know, having a roaster, having, you know, regular Joes come in saying, hey, I just want to make good coffee at home, right? The idea of me sending them over to, to Home Barista and saying, oh, go interact with them on the message board and they'll show you how to make perg water at home is ridiculous because the, the uh, honestly, there are basically two different ways to get good water. There is having a, um, an expensive system, either like a resin-based system like RX water, some kind of um, uh, a variable TDS RO system, but all of those systems are expensive. They require upkeep maintenance. Um, you, you kind of keep having to tweak them because the incoming water is always always changing, right? So the the brainstorm is really like, hey, we have to tackle this problem from a different angle, right? And not say, okay, how can we keep using the tools that we have now to make it, um, or try to make perfect water, which doesn't really exist, right? So, and you know, routinely I go on the message boards and read. And there is no consensus on what should be in water and what should not be. But that doesn't help, you know, people who, who don't have decent water, right? Or, or just, you know, they, they, you know, they like coffee and they, they would like their coffee to be better. But they also don't want to have to get, you know, go all Walter White in their kitchen. <laughs> yeah, and I was afraid of, like, uh, for the coffee box service, the right cup, uh, that's how this conversation started. I wanted them to have a good consistency that at least having the same experience I knew that I was having and that the roaster was was going to have and when Taylor and I started first talking about it I was wowed by the water quality at telemetry and I was like this is amazing uh, is that not that I want to bottle water and ship it but is there a way to do this and we started kind of brainstorming it and that's when he joked back and said uh, I, we can make dehydrated water and we kind of laughed about it and then it's like wait no there's another way we can do that <laughs> so i have the benefit of having like a forty thousand dollar lab in my store that i built um and so when charles and i were talking about this it, a lot of the knowledge that we have in the industry is kind of this tacit knowledge that we pick up um in our day-to-day -day interactions and so you know i'd been thinking about water a long time i'd uh you know read uh water for coffee i had um you know read up, I think, all of the posts that I could find on it. So I had these different ideas stewing in my head, and I thought, and I thought you know, hey, I bet I can make a capsule of the minerals and just have Charles throw them into some distilled water. And uh, that's when I started diving into, okay, uh, you know, after our conversation, I went back to the shop, started pulling up, okay, what are all the different minerals? Which ones are actually soluble in water? Which ones aren't? which ones would react with each other and you just can't put together because there are some two-part systems out there. But again, really wanted to make this simple. Like what's just something you can just pour in like a, you know, a jug like you would crystal light shake up and just make, you know, really good coffee. You know, there has to be a better way um, because there was nothing. And, and honestly, I think that the, the, our, our intuition was correct because with the amount of, of pent up demand there was when, when this came out really showed that, Hey, people out there had really wanting something like this. It's interesting that you mentioned the thing about the perg water, because I remember seeing at some point in time, I don't remember where I first came across it, but it was from five senses, which they had instructions for preparing the 70, 30 water. 
And I remember finding it so daunting to attempt to make it. It took me maybe a year to finally come around and make it, which was actually quite simple um, to go about doing it. However, um, I say simple, but yet I, it still took me a while to actually go about doing it to mix this with that water. And then I have this container that I keep, and then I kept it in the fridge, and then this other container of this other thing. And every time I had a liter, I would do 5 ml of, of this in a like just a, a pipette or a straw or something I uh, five j- drop five of that and then uh oh this one so then that's th- uh I think three milliliters and then I dropped that but um yes again just going back to that daunting thing I know a couple people who have done the perk water I don't remember any of the results from it I just know that there's some people who have done it so you know you're not going to try to to instruct somebody about that you know on a on an average joe kind of basis either I mean I don't think any I don't think any normal person is going to go out and like, you know, basically create that sort of like meth lab environment in your house. No. You know, well, and to, that's to why make... this this the standard thing would be go get spring water, right? Which is still like a crapshoot in terms of quality and what's actually in it, but we'd be like, "Oh, just go get some spring water." And that's kind of always been the go-to easy thing. So, let me just like totally get back cuz you know, you guys you guys basically came up with this idea to take a certain formulation of minerals and put them into a little capsule. And like you said, you just drop it into a a big gallon jug of uh, distilled water and shake it up. And then you're basically ready to go. Um, But why, why even water? Like, I know we've talked about water. We've been kind of discussing, you know, your filtration process, but what, what is the big deal about water in coffee? Like, why does it make such a, such a difference? It's one thing that is shaped the coffee tastes in the United States, right? So there's these huge differences in, in flavors, you know, from what you would call the flyover states, right, here in the Midwest and East Coast and West Coast. And a lot of that has to do with just the water that people have access to. And so I'm confident that if you were to take the water situations and reverse them and then repeat time, you would get something similar um, to what you have now, but with the coffee uh, preferences switched. So part of that nature has has driven the the tastes of the community, but you know, really it, it was, you know, I guess there wasn't this, you know, oh, I, I always had this idea of, of drastically changing water. It was Charles had this problem. I, I thought of, uh, I'm like, oh, let me give you these. I, I made him a couple of capsules. I didn't think anything of it. I dropped it off at the office co-share, and I said, hey, these aren't drugs, and these are for Charles, and <laughs> and, uh, and I. I didn't think much of it. So it was a week later, he called me and he's like, dude, that was amazing. And I'm like, you know, really? Uh, I, I didn't think anything of it. Um, so I, we made up some more and then we we're like, Hey, let's, let's do a, a, you know, let's do a test sample. So we sent a hundred out to, um, his customers with uh, a little kind of a survey that people could take to kind of ask him, you know, what, what are they currently using? Um, you know, kind of gave them some instructions and we sent that to them and, and a couple, you know, coffee people in the industry, um, that we knew. And yeah, just what we got back was this is, this is really good and surprisingly good. So you would get people who would get it and would be skeptical, like, yeah, I'll try it. Right. And then they, Mm -hmm. they would, you know, you, you go back and look, did I get the right coffee? Um, did something like, did something else change? So I think that's when we started getting that, that feedback that Charles and I thought, you know, hey, 
this might actually be something. Let's, you know, let's explore this more. Yeah, it's, it was definitely the difference between flattening your coffee or brightening it. Like it really just made that much of an impact, especially when I was traveling and able to, to finally have some consistency with me that I knew would just be exactly what I wanted to expect. Now, I feel like I have to ask this. So with with the differences in, let's say, West Coast, East Coast and in between, um, and so the water's different, but would the would the roasters not also be roasting to to the water that's provided for them there how does how does um having something like this become the equalizer or sort of like your shop is it that they have a a water system in most cafes that are that are that is more borderline yeah i would say that that yes most good roasters and good cafes have already got a pretty good or a great water system right um, so, so the idea is like, okay, how can you scale that to the home? Um, and so the, our, our recipe basically highlights most of those positive things, right? But it, it, the best analogy is, is like a golf club, right? You know, you give me a, a Tiger Woods golf clubs and I will still suck. Um, <laughs> but you give somebody a, a good set of clubs who knows what they're doing and they're going to make great things happen. So when we were thinking of this, you know, really I kept telling myself, like, you know, listen, don't get hung up on saying, oh, this isn't the perfect thing, right? Or, uh, you know, this isn't perg water or this doesn't meet every single criteria. The reality was is most people were so far off the mark, right? They just needed a, a, a you know, a, a halfway better um, Kind of an solution. equalizer, yeah. And so the, uh, the other thing is I, I think is – because of the capsule has a very quantified set of minerals, one of the things now roasters could do if they wanted to is roast to that and then really have that experience then go to their customers and verifiably, quantifiably know that, hey, they're going to take this back with them. I mean, how cool would it be to see a uh, champion um, barista, champion uh, brewer, uh uh, in in Seattle, they brew this fantastic geisha, and they use this specific water profile. And then you could go and buy a pack of that coffee from that roaster from the same lot, plus the water profile that he used. And then you could experience that yourself. Like that would be fun. That would be enjoyable. Um, and you'd feel a lot better dropping some serious coinage, right? Uh, if you if if you knew you could, would kind of get that experience. So. The, the it's not just about it being you know perfect water it's about it being a you know duplicable uh you know a simply duplicable process um uh and and at least the, a lot of the competitors who are competing have uh expressed that's why they are using it um well one of the reasons is because they know that when they're for for their for their open portion of the brewers cup that what they taste back home right when they go to competition is going to be the same thing. So, and I think that was the premise, whole premise of of Maxwell, um, of his book, right? Is, is he kept getting frustrated that his coffees weren't scoring the same, and traced it back to the water. Right. I remember when I was first getting started in Cincinnati with with coffee, and I'd always go to Collective Espresso, and usually try a B sixty or something there. I'd buy a bag if I liked it. I'd go home, and I would just be super frustrated. 
trying to figure out what it is. I would keep trying to figure out what recipe they were using and just assume that it was something that I was doing wrong, right? And just not, at that point, just not considering the fact that whatever filtration, whatever system they had in their waters is the difference between the two. Um, a similar story too. I remember getting a coffee. Brian, I think I saw you make a comment about this too. I had got a coffee from yeah. Denmark. I got a geisha of theirs and... I a small sample. I mean, it was a 125 gram bag. Got that in, brewed it up several times. Really disappointed with it. Really flat, really lifeless. Couldn't figure out what was going on with it. Um, I remember asking them, "Hey, t- talk to me a little bit about your water." And apparently, there they their water's really, really clean. So they're using I don't know, maybe 20 to 30 something around that TDS, and so I, I remember going out and buying, I forget what it was. It was either smart water or something that I that I knew had a low TDS when I brewed it up that all of a sudden all the potential that I was hoping for in the other brews came came about. And so it, it was it was like those two memories in coffee are the ones that I really always go back to. So I think it, what's most interesting to me is just the concept of being able to have an addition to a water to help you adjust to a profile of any potential given coffee clearly we understand that brian is a is a is a potential target user of third wave water um and i'm sure a lot of our listeners to the podcast are also uh potential targets for for third wave water and something like this who else is this for i'm I'm really curious like you know when you guys set out about like making this you know are you are you just are you assuming this is going to be for like everybody in every case i know you've talked about competition but but who else is this for yeah so i mean i think that you'll have some people that use it all the time you'll have some people that say they'll get some and it'll be what they pull out when they have guests coming over right it's the equivalent of the fancy silverware hey bring out the good k cups and some of that third wave water (laughs) so and you know being a midwesterner um you know I, i love if somebody can make good coffee with a Mr. Coffee, you know, I can make, um, golden cup ratio coffee with a Mr. Coffee all day long because, you know, it, you know, once you have a good grinder and you know the right variables, you know, you, you can, right. You don't have to have this kind of, uh, uh, you know, it doesn't have to be difficult. Um, so I could see that. Yeah. It's, it's, especially being cheap. Um, it's something that someone hey want, just wants to try to to elevate their stuff slightly but but, but honestly even even at brew bars cafes so you, you have a cafe and they want to you know up their brew bar game um i mean people are spending you know good money for a pour over right so if you can make that experience better um if you can make it easier for baristas um to you know hit those targets have water profiles that that are conducive to bringing out the flavors that you need. You, you don't have to have this finicky V60 recipe, right? That one guy can hit, right? And the other guy, they're like, I can't really hit that. Um, so, and I would say when we started, we, we didn't really know what kind of um, customer base we had. We thought it could be. But over in the last um, 45 days, we've sold over 500 packs and shipped it to 20 to 25 different countries. And I think that was kind of, we're like, wow, I, I didn't think it would be that popular 
or wow, I didn't think that we would send that many to Thailand. I didn't know that they had a water problem, right? <laughs> and so I Google Thailand and water, and it turns out most of their groundwater is non-potable, so everybody drinks bottled water. And if you're worried about safe drinking water, you're going to use either distillation or reverse osmosis. Um, same with Dubai, all of their waters desalinization through RO. So that was really when we saw that there was this, you know, really across the board um, interest, you know, the, the, the conversation about having a conversation about water, uh, that's been happening in, in every country that, that cares about coffee. Yeah. And every test group that I've taken it to out of the third wave circles, like to mom's groups and to my friends that are not in third wave coffee, Every time that I do a blind taste test, they always choose the other one. And I'm really not like marking it or doing anything weird to, you know, uh, hurt the other coffee. I'll just use, you know, what do you guys regularly use? And now I'm going to use distilled water with uh, the third wave water capsule. And let's see how it, how it goes up against each other. And uh, it's not just the third wave crowd that's really picking up on it. It's uh, everyone that I've, I've really served it to. They, we've gotten fantastic feedback. I've been talking a lot with Seth Mills over at uh, Misto Box, and he was one of our early customers back in like early November, and I think he's been using it exclusively at home to brew with. But um, you know, think of a, of a coffee subscription box, right? There, there's a lot of them out there, and you're sending coffee out to all of these customers, and you have a certain rate that you know they get one subscription, they're done. If you have the opportunity to say impact and have five ten percent a higher rate of, of reordering because you give them this you know dollar capsule that costs you a quarter to put in their pack um and their experience is is significantly better um you know that's that's going to be valuable to to coffee roasters to you know coffee subscription box companies um and, and that's really where charles and i saw it as we have customers and they customer comes back to me and says, hey, this coffee doesn't taste anything like you said it would. I want my money back, right? I can't say, well, it's because you're an idiot and your water sucks. <laughs> Go away. Right? That's, just, I, that's probably that's not a not, good idea. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> get out of my shop. Um, so, I mean, that was the problem for us. And, and so we've seen a lot of roasters and cafes get a hold of us, you know, because they're having that same issue. Yeah, I, I had ordered... Um, a pack of third wave water and it showed up and then uh, uh seth came over to the house and i was like dude do you want me to brew with third wave water and he was like i've been brewing with it forever and so, <laughs> I, I was i wasn't actually able to like bring anything new to the table that he hadn't already been using that guy's ahead of the game yeah so he, oh, yeah. he got a hold of me on twitter i had like three uh three followers right and like i get this <laughs> pm like hey i heard you do water like I'm the water whisperer um, <laughs> and uh, uh, yeah. So, and there's been a lot of other cool, I, I got an email a couple weeks ago from um, a little coffee roaster called Onyx coffee roasters. I don't know oh, if you've heard guys. of them. Uh, yeah. Uh, but um, uh, Mike sent me an email saying, Hey, um, all of our coffees taste brighter and uh, sweeter. We did a blind taste test, and I mean, they're on the spot out there. They, they've got like everybody is a Q grader, um, and so they had like three Q graders, two, uh, you know, level two SEA baristas, and doing a blind taste test, and they all liked it better, right? And 
I mean, that was, I mean, some of the greatest news we could have heard. And, and you know that they're already doing a decent job with their water. They're already, they, they probably have a great system. You know, they're set up, they use um, a mod bar. So, you know, they know what they're talking about. So if, if they say, hey, yeah, this makes our coffee taste better, we love it. Um, uh, you know, if they can take that experience and help their customers experience that, you could have a roaster who, uh, you know, as we formulate and modulate other profiles, right? You could say this coffee should be drank with this water profile, right? And you could do that before, again, if you were Walter White, but if you could give people an easy way to do that at home, um, you know, to actually give them a chance to hit that, you know, that, uh, you know, strawberry rhubarb, right? And it's like, I just tasted coffee. I don't know what you're talking about, man. So... <laughs> It is funny, though, when we, we asked for some feedback before this episode uh, via Instagram stories, and um, it was interesting the number of questions that we got, but intermixed within there were you know, people in the industry that we, we really respect um, who kept popping out with their comments about how much they actually enjoyed the experience of brewing with third wave water as well. So, I, you know, for whatever it's worth, I mean, there, there are some really... Um, noteworthy people in coffee that that are experiencing positive results with third wave water. So the awesome guys at Department of Brewology were the ones that even turned it, uh, gave it to the uh, folks at Onyx. And Mark, he he didn't have to go out of his way to even send us the message. Like he went to the website and then contacted us, you know, via the website just to say we tried it and we were impressed. And that was just totally humbling to get that yeah. from him. Well, I, I, it was uh, David Salinas. He had ordered it. Well, first, um, Jeremy from um, Socratic Coffee, he yeah. he works at Wright Pat. Um, like, uh, it has to go there uh, one week a month or a couple days a month. Um, he lives in Alaska. So he was actually in town. He came to the shop and met me. And, and it was like in November. We're talking, I'm showing him it, and he's like, man, this is this is cool. you got to get a hold of David Salinas over at Department of Brewology. <laughs> so I go, and I Google, and I go to send him a message. And he had ordered some third-wave water like an hour before, and it already found us. <laughs> and, uh, and he's like, hey, man, can you call me? And so I call him. He's like, I, I want this in my next box like now. So, you know, you need to figure out a way. Um, and I'm like, how many do you want? And he's like, I want 600. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> Um, and so, uh, and really this was before he had tasted it. Right. But I think anybody in the industry, when you tell them, this is my goal, right. They all of a sudden get excited because they get it. Like, so you're telling me I can easily make this water and then my customers can easily make this water. Like, yeah, sign me up. It seems like there's been a little bit of pushback, um, in regards to the product too. Do you want to go into a little bit about that or they hate us because they ain't us. <laughs> um, <laughs> the, yeah. So it, it, like uh, a week ago, there was a post on uh, gear patrol and um, that was pretty cool. We got like a thousand hits on our site that day um, and it was positive. Um, and then it kind of digressed into this, um, you know, you know, hey, let's uh, let's make fun of the coffee hipsters, and, and really, Spread put it nicely. It's like you have the food hipsters making fun of the coffee hipsters, right? Um, which seemed ironic, and then it kind of just got on this, yeah, this like beating a dead horse bandwagon, which uh, honestly we didn't mind because we were getting all of this traffic, and 
you know, it, it was fun seeing in the comments of some of these sites, like people defending it. Like, I don't know what you're talking about. Like, you know, I'm pretty sure if you go up to, you know, Scotland and say, hey, does water matter about what's in your scotch? You know, they would, uh, you know, they might kick you out. So <laughs> it's it's nothing new. So so um, I, I just think it was more of something, hey, let's let's – it's a cheap way to get clicks through your page. Yeah, um, everybody knows coffee, and it's a fun way to poke at something and kind of have fun with it. And 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 we were just kind of that uh, red ste- red-haired stepchild for the little while that kind of got to get kicked around a little bit. But like Taylor was saying, it wasn't like it was a, a horribly painful experience. But uh, we had a uh, like Sprudge eventually came around and wrote this <laughs> super awesome article. That was such a good article. Yes, it was so. Well, good. they said everything that we wanted to, but couldn't. Right? I wanted to go all Wendy's Twitter account. But uh-huh. I didn't. Oh, <laughs> um, man, they were they were on fire. This I know, year. man. I know. I'm Woo. like, man. I need to. Man, I wish I could do that. Um, but no, I I just got an email this morning from a, a UK morning TV show, and they're like, hey, can you send us some? We want to do an expert panel to see if they can test taste the difference. And I'm like, sure. You know, <laughs> throw me in that briar patch. Like, let's let's do it. Um, so the um, yeah, I, I think the the considering we have an upcoming kickstarter um and you know we're a new company most people would kill to get that kind of press right if anything that last year's taught us is that bad press can win you presidency so why the hell can't we use it to sell some water <laughs> yeah shameless plug it's the 12th <laughs> yeah. as far as the kickstarter yeah. well it's cool so you're you guys are going to do a kickstarter give us like what are the details about that uh, so i'll give you a, a quick rundown the the part of the the powder that I came up with it's not just a mixture of of minerals it's uh, if you guys have ever measured out Epsom salt it can be kind of tedious because they're kind of large crystals so actually I I grind them down in my lab right now on my Versalab M3 um, into about the, just under 200 microns uh, and I, I mix it with calcium citrate and calcium citrate has this unique property of not only being a soluble form of calcium but but acting as an anti-caking agent. And what it does is once you mix it all together, it allows that whole powder, like a very homogenous mixture where you go in and take one scoop and another scoop, and they'll be very accurate to flow easily and be dosed easily, uh, which was early on in making it was a problem because you had to weigh everything out on, you know, literally these drug scales. I had bought 10 of these scales on Amazon. I'm like, I am on a list for sure. Um, I'm like one Sudafed purchase away from getting raided. Um <laughs> So once I got this powder, I ended up modifying these gunpowder refilling mechanisms. And these things, they're, they're made for uh, weighing out gunpowder. They have this little tube that spins <coughs> and drops the powder onto a, a scale and weighs it, weighs it in, in uh, grains. Um, so I took the, uh, these things apart and replaced the shielded bearings with, with sealed bearings. And then I, I, we now use these to weigh out, and we're able to get like really accurate measurements, which end up giving us really accurate um, TDSs from mixture to mixture. So now that we have like a powder that we can easily um, dose out, um, filling them by hand in these capsules just really isn't cutting it, right? I've got my kids, you know, filling capsules because there are no child labor laws for family <laughs> businesses. <laughs> and my, my, my employees filling them, right? And it's just really what we need is have a, like stick packaging. So what you find like Crystal Light in, 
uh, you'll find if you go to Panera, like all of the sugars are in these like round sticks. Um, and those machines have uh, uh, very accurate auger systems and they, they fill them, but they're like, oh yeah, yeah, we can do that, but it's going to be a minimum of 400,000 sticks, right? It's like, oh, okay. Like, so if this doesn't take off, my family will be getting third wave water for every holiday. Um, so really what the, the, so the, the reason we needed to do a Kickstarter is because we needed to do a Kickstarter. It's not just like a, Hey, we want to make some money on Kickstarter. Uh, so the hope is to get, get a lot of, um, kind of, uh, of customers lined up to be able to, uh, you know, preload that initial, you know, manufacturing, um, gulp and, uh, and, and get them and something a little more sustainable than these micro centrifuge tubes. Um, uh, and so we're not filling them by hand basically. Yeah. And it really helps like even on the distribution side for, cause there are some uh, distribution packs that you can purchase and it's trying to just like Kickstarter was made for jump kind of, a uh, that beginning section of business where you're, you're starting to grow, but you need X amount of money to really uh, have a better product and, and you want to be able to, to serve as best as you can. Cause it's, it's, it's not just the product, it's the experience and you want to do your best job. So it, it's trying to just kind of jump over that hump and being able to give them uh, the best experience we can. This is something that uh, that's probably going to be helpful for a lot of listeners. We, before the, the podcast, we let people know that you all were going to be on so we can get some questions. And I don't want to say that these questions might speak for a majority of people. However, I do think, especially going into the Kickstarter, um, that these might be some outlying questions that that might be helpful for people just kind of understanding the product a little bit more. Do you guys mind if we get into some of these questions? Oh, sounds great. I think one of the one of the ones I saw the most was, and this was on um, the Home Barista forums too, was wondering if the product is mainly for brew bars, for pour overs, for brewing, or if its intended use is also for espresso. So I am under the opinion, and this is my personal opinion, that our – uh, our stuff right now would work fine. I'm I'm confident in like a stainless steel uh, boiler uh, espresso machine. We're having some independent tests and we're doing some in the lab of of corrosion tests. And because corrosion, again, you can talk on forums, and that's what gets difficult sometimes is you throw out these terms of uh, you know um, you know what's the corrosion rating, right? And it's uh, oh it's it's a negative 0.05, right? Or negative three, negative seven. But a lot of the terminology is used for the, you know, municipal water industry uh, because of things like Flint, Michigan. So you can have a corrosion index, uh, but it's highly dependent on what kind of metal you're, you're being used. Are you using old legacy uh, lead pipes or are you using high quality stainless steel? All that to be said, there there are some standards that a lot of the espresso machine companies have set, like La Marzocco, and I'm sure they will not recommend using third wave water currently in your espresso machine. Um, and we're aware of that. And one reason you can't is, or they don't recommend it, is because we didn't add bicarbonates. And that was really purposeful because when I was discussing this with Charles early on, I'm like, man, I can't add everything that we need into one capsule. It just can't happen because you'll get these chemical reactions and it, you'll have an unusable product. And we really thought, you know what, a two-part system starting out is just, it, it's not sustainable. It, it, it doesn't, you know, significantly improve the arena. 
So we decided to, I decided to leave out bicarbonates. Um, an analogy I thought of for this was uh, the, the car industry. Um, you can buy your car and you can run it how the manufacturer recommends it. But a lot of people don't think that's very fun. And they like to push it to the limits. And they do stuff that the manufacturers would not recommend. Um, but that's what makes them an enthusiast. So, yeah, you might have some people to say, no, no, I want to use this in my espresso machine because I like it, right? Now, I, I want to give them the the knowledge to say, okay, yeah, you can. <clears throat> um, uh, yeah, there might be some corrosion. If there is, right, it's going to corrode. You know, the, you, we can't get away from corrosion. Like, that's what made the Grand Canyon. And the 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 that's just what water does. So when, when you make something that's super inert, right, um, you, you do lose some qualities. So the um, but a lot of the machines are built for you know, you know, you know they're they're built to be pushed, right? You know, you you buy a uh, you you buy a a sports car, right, and you're told not to push it to its limits, um, or at least not tinker with it. So um, so if you have lead pipes in your espresso machine, maybe you have something to worry about. I don't know. <laughs> no, truthfully, though, I mean, there's going to be a lot of testing that we're going to be uh, doing on the side and third-party testing and uh, some local universities to help out. And and uh, from our perspective, we don't think it's an issue, but we're going to keep pushing the index, and that's really uh, – we're, we're going to make sure it works. And our real primary was making sure that you had the best flavors as, as possible and then – uh, we'll make sure that it works as best as it can with the machinery. Yeah. Yeah. R right now, like if you just brew with straight distilled water, it would be more corrosive than uh, distilled remineralized with ours. Um, and there are other systems out there with uh, high chloride levels um, and which a lot of companies really don't like. Um, and not to mention, you ask any espresso machine tech, I've rebuilt plenty of them. Uh, people have been ruining their equipment far before third wave water existed. Um, and so the, the idea is, okay, um, you know, we, we shouldn't be afraid to come out with something because it can't be perfect. Um, I told Charles, it was the Kobayashi Maru of water recipes, right? Yes. They're like, this is the water recipe, right? And they're like, well, I have no idea how to do that. Right. And I have no idea how to know if my current water is like that. So what do I do? Well, I do nothing, right? Which I don't think is a very good solution. It's the it's the old perfect is the enemy of good, right? If you're uh, always, yes. if you're always so, pushing and, for perfect, you never and I will you never wind Kirk up it. on the good. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Exactly. And, and even some just simple preventive maintenance. I mean, you say you add a few days to your cycles on your maintenance. I, it, is that really going to be that big of a deal on the issues? But that's what we want to drive out because we don't know all those specifics yet. Our buddy Josh asked a question um, that I think is actually a really good question. Uh, it, something that I'm not really sure I know the answer to right off the bat. But uh, so you mix up, right? You know, you got your gallon jug of uh, distilled water. You throw in the the little tube. You give it a shake. Um, is it is it okay to just store it out in the open? I mean, does it need to be in the fridge? How, do you guys like shake it back up like when you're ready to use it again or it's it's fine on the counter um okay. it it's uh it can be stored either spot um so uh just like if you were storing a jug of water um before uh i mean it's just it's like any other uh, a lot of bottled water is remineralized already 
So right. the manufacturers throw stuff into it. So no, it's, it's good to go. And I, and I think that's another question just that somebody else had about like whether or not it's even safe to drink. Um, you know, obviously the, like you just, the, the fact that you just mentioned though, I mean, a lot of bottled water that you get out there is remineral, remineralized anyway. Um, so the, the things that you're using in third wave water, I mean, is it really unlike what a lot of other products no, not at all. are out there? So, so, so the, the ingredients are magnesium sulfate or Epsom salt, uh, calcium citrate, and sodium chloride. Um, calcium citrate is a super common um, additive used as both an anti-caking agent and a, um, something to keep things from spoiling. Um, it's found in you know everything from oranges to grapefruit. Um, and, uh, Epsom salt is super common. A lot of people take it for their health. Um, and, uh, the only downside, if you probably took 10 capsules, right. And you threw it into a gallon of water and you chugged it, uh, you might have explosive diarrhea. Um, <laughs> so it's the third wave water challenge. It's the next YouTube sensation. <laughs> so, so no, that's the, the. The no, the, I, all of the ingredients I bought are uh, like food grade, right? So, sure. You, you, um, but no, that, I mean it's it is it, it is foreign, right? To say here's powder, and I'm going to pour this white powder in my water. But if anybody lives with any hardness, I say take your tap water, let it dry out, and what forms on the outside of your cup? Well, it's white powder, so it's. Uh, it's it already there. Funny. Yeah, it sort of looks funny, but it's already there. Yeah, and even back to that espresso machine you mentioned earlier, like not putting it in, uh, my question would be to the folks that are using those espresso machines, what are they putting them in them instead? Like the, right. that would still beg that question of, is are you using a better alternative? Most of the people on Home Barista, right, They're these are super users, right? These are not probably maybe our target audience most of the time. Some of them might get it as a as a something to backfill their normal stuff, right? Or, um, you know, or you know, if, the, if the family member's like, hey, what, could, what should I use for my water? And, 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 you know, they're like frustrated and like, ah, just use this, right? So, uh, I mean, it is a good community to get feedback from. But it, it, in reality, I mean, if you're already making perg water at home, right, you, you may not find a big use for this. I was just going to say, how was determined the overall, the TDS of the water that you guys were using? This is another question the the TDS that you guys were using what is that the the well you don't have to say necessarily what the target is but um how was that targeted and what other types of uh, formulas did were were you messing with before before kind of settling on what you just had mentioned just the question before so my goal was to get the mineral content um into SEA spec right so I I, I knew that um I wouldn't be able to get the bicarbonate um and the pH may fall out of spec from time to time, but that mineral content, that calcium, magnesium, sodium. So I went with that 150 TDS, um, and it seemed like a nice even number. The other issue was when you start weighing things out. So when you're, when you're trying to weigh out accurate uh, 1.5 grams, and, and that is used for a gallon, right? And you want to do that over and over again. If you have that sample and say, okay, now my target is 75 TDS, right? Your variability goes way up. Um, and so it seemed like a good number. Um, it seemed like a good portion. Um, and we, uh, 
that's kind of what I ended up uh, falling onto. Um, I think when I first, my first uh, iteration was about 125. And as I played with it and started to refine it, I kind of ended at, um, you know, the goal is around 150 TDS. So is there any change um, when you're using third wave water versus maybe an alternative? Is is there like a significant change in like the recipe that you would use to brew a coffee? You know, we have no buffer in our water and we have magnesium. So right off the bat, what you're going to get is a sweeter cup and one with maybe a little more um, uh, zest and uh, and zinc to it. So if you had a coffee maybe that already had a lot of that in there and you're like, hey, I need a little more body, you might grind it finer, right? You may not sieve it quite as good as you did before. You might say, hey, I need to raise or lower the temperature. And and that's, again, one of those things that in the manual brewing, what's fun is there are so many different variables. Uh, this just allows you to lock in that one variable of water and then really start playing um, you know, with your your brew from there. So, um, I, uh, was using it this evening and I brewed up, uh, the, um, populous Juan Pena and, uh, the entire time I'm sitting here, cause I'm, I'm literally just sipping on this cup the, throughout this whole conversation, you know, literally just like that coffee is super poppy right now. Like very bright, very, you know, just like the, the word, all the words that you're using are kind of the sensations that I'm getting from this coffee. It's like that zesty, bright, um, just really sweet. I'm a big fan. Anyway. And one, one nice thing about the, the people that would be our customers and that have been trying it, right, are the people that would be skeptical, right? So if you're going to have anybody, we have a lot of people that have gotten some because, you know, hey, 15 bucks, I can get it shipped here. I'll give this a whirl, right? They're not expecting much. Um, and then they get it and they're like, okay, wow, it, it is actually a difference. Um, yeah. You know, whether or not that's, um, that difference you enjoy or not, right? That's a subjective experience. But, uh, um, and I think that's been some of the, the, the fun of, of, um, you know, playing around with that. And, and now that we have a market, we have a customer base and, and we have a, a brand, you know, really saying, okay, what other, you know, things can we do with this? Um, to, you know, kind of have fun and add value to specialty coffee. I'm not going to ask whether third wave water is a fad, or if, or if we should invest <laughs> our money in it. But if you really want to answer that question, you're you're more than welcome to. And yeah, I, think we've I mean, covered some of that already. But yeah, the great thing about fads is nobody knows their fads until after their fads. So, <laughs> uh, you know, the and you still hold on to that Beanie Baby collection because you you don't want to give it up. Um, no, I think uh, you know, in specialty coffee, we've gone through that is pour over a fad, right? Is uh, cold brew a fad is um you know caramel macchiato a fad so the I, I don't know the answer to that um uh it seems like uh it's not and uh and and we'll see and we'll have fun with it and uh if it is we'll go back to doing what we we're doing before <laughs> I guess if you think better tasting coffee is a fad, then maybe that's where you'd go. <laughs> but try it yourself and you make your decision. Being amazing is a fad. <laughs> yes. Well, Charles Taylor, we really appreciate you guys taking out some time from your evening and going through a little bit about third wave water, where you guys come from, and just a little bit 
the breakdown of water in general and what its effects are for a lot of the home users, I think it's going to be some useful information, not just in, in terms of whether it's something that they're wanting to pick up or not, but just a, something to consider in their, in their home brewing. One last thing uh, I'd like to mention is um, it, uh, w one of the people we collaborate with is the Department of Brewology, and he uh, hand-drew a really rad print for us. And Ooh. we'll have it on our Kickstarter on a shirt and a poster. Um, and so it's it's in a lot of the, the you know, people have the Chemex, the Aeropress, um, the Siphon. Um, so now there's a third wave water. So the uh, that, that was super cool that he did that for us. So where, where can we find you guys on social media? Definitely yeah. at third wave water and Instagram and Facebook and Twitter. MySpace. MySpace. There you go. Zanga. Are you guys on MySpace? Uh, no. <laughs> my, my home site. Um, yeah, and we'll be at uh, both brewing competitions. Um, so and and we'll be um, uh, we'll be supporting the sensory lab uh, here in a couple of weeks at UC Davis that the SCA is putting on. So um, I, I don't think I'll be able to make it out there, but we'll be one of the um, one of the supporters. Um, yeah, so yeah, I hope to see you in in Knoxville and in Austin. Uh, it'll be nice because I won't have to be competing, so I'll enjoy <laughs> myself. Well, thank you guys again for being with us on the show, and uh, thank you for allowing us to finally check off the long-awaited uh, topic about water uh, off of our list of things to talk about. So. Thank you. Yeah, thanks so much for having us. All right, everybody, thanks so much for listening. Uh, you can check us out on Instagram at iBrewMyOwnCoffee. You can check us out on Twitter at BrewMyOwnCoffee. If you got any questions about this episode, you want to send us an email, uh, you want to find out all the links to all the things we've talked about in this episode, you can go to ibrewmyowncoffee.com slash 51 is the episode number for this episode. Um, or if you want to send us an email, click the contact us link at the top of the page. Thanks everybody for listening. And until next episode, brew some better water. So long everybody. 